Oh, they... Hey, we know him. Look at that handsome dude. <laughs> we know this guy. It's, it's big enough for the wrong camera, but uh, good morning. How's what, what can we do? And there we go. There's the intro, and it is Wednesday, and we are jam-packed with tons of information, Woo! lots of love. We've got Make Your Mark with, is it Sight Mark, James? Well, I always get that wrong. It's Make Your Mark with Sight Mark. Okay, I have it right then. Make, I love yeah. it. Make Your Mark with Sight Mark. I love that. And of course, so we've got James Sellers joining us. We always talk either product that may be out there, uh, what good hunting places may be. We had a great show um, with you out live with, um, oh, what was that gentleman's name? You guys were out doing a hunt. You're talking with Doug. Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic to have him on the show. Yeah, that was, but that was cool though. And so James always brings us cool stuff. Next time we're going to talk. Second Amendment constitutional carry and how that looks in Texas, right, James? Yes, I think that's good. pretty timely. There's a lot of questions circulating about that. There are, and, yeah. Uh, we'll be looking forward to have that conversation. Yeah. So, Yay! but there is some new product out there that might make it might make it easier for the outdoorsman and the gun enthusiast. Uh, what's what you got going on out there? Well, as uh, as you know, um, you know, Sightmark uh, creates some of the best uh, night vision. Um, digital products in the marketplace really help people get out and, and hunt at night. Um, and we came out with a Wraith a couple of years ago, which been, it's probably the, I think it is the number one selling digital rifles come in the world. And uh, we just have introduced the Sightmark Wraith 4K Max. So it, it has uh, the 4K resolution that, you know, everybody is wanting. It's an ultra high def uh, digital uh, device uh, lets you see um, see detect objects 300 yards away at night, and you can cord. Um, so this is a game changer, really, for the the hog hunting community in Texas for for folks that are uh, kind of new to this sport or people that are really wanting something with a lot of features um, that won't break the bank. So James, let me ask you a question. So in in, a, in the hog hunting world, right? Let's say you're just a regular old farmer like me, right? I've got a 34 acre farm up in Aubrey, Texas, yeah. and I definitely have hog tracks that track along some of my fence line, and some of these little buggers have dug and pushed my fence up and have gone into the field. I mean, you've got like them. at least six or seven of them, don't you? Well, I mean, yeah. you've seen a whole little Yeah, and they're Google grubbing. And, what are they, a swarm? Yeah, well, there's what are pigs? <laughs> a swarm of pigs. A gaggle? <laughs> no, that's no. geese. Oh, I'm teasing. Oh, oh. I'm teasing Farmer so, JP. James, I mean, what would, <laughs> would that be something good for somebody like myself or uh, maybe a, like a friend of mine, Kelly Parker, likes to sport hunt and would come out to my property and help? <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I would say that this, this the Wraith series, regardless of what part of the, uh, uh, which specific model you're going with, but the Wraith was really designed um, for, you know, for the hog hunter that, or the farmer or rancher um, or recreational shooter, you know, that 
that wanted to, to get something you know out there and be productive uh, or successful with it, um, probably 90 plus percent of all the, the successful hunting at night occurs less than 100 yards. And, um, you know, so um, you don't have to have, I mean, obviously we, we sell very expensive premium thermal um, products as well, but you don't have to have thermal to go out and protect your property and, and to take the hogs that are ruining your, your crops, ruining your land. Um, the whole purpose behind the Wraith really was to come up with a, a product that people like yourself that had, you know, a, a ranch or a farm and, and you got the hogs that come in and they'll, they'll do thousands and thousands of dollars of damage to your, to your ranch and farmland. And um, you want, you need to control that population. There, there are out of, hog populations out of control. And, uh, you know, the, the price on, you know, the, the Wraith is less than a thousand dollars. We have, um, we have, a, I'm trying to think whether actual, I think the entry level model is around $600, um, which isn't that different than a quality daytime rifle scope. So for, for the same price, you're, you're able to, to shoot day or night. You have full, um, you know, for, full color uh, recording during the day. Um, you have programmable reticles. Um, so if you want mill dot or duplex or whatever type of reticle you want, you have that all in one scope. So in some ways, the, the, the Wraith, the scope is designed to replace all rifle scopes. It's going to have the same ability to shoot and, and be successful hunting. Um, but then you have day and, and nighttime use, your recording capability, program reticles, just a whole bunch of things that you really, you can't do in a traditional rifle scope. So that's a very exciting product. And the, the 4K allows people to get that, that 4K image quality that you've seen, you know, that you want. Um, that way you can watch your 4K TV at home, see how how your land and, and how your hunt went. So. And, so, and by the way, a, a group of pigs is called a sounder. A group of wild pigs is called a sounder or bacon. Bacon, that's funny. <laughs> it, better be, it better be braised properly. So, James, quick question. Um, so you're saying that this, this scope actually records what it's looking at as well? It does. So that's a great advantage. That, I mean, that's that's way cool. Yeah. When uh, when the Wraith first came out, it really became super popular. And, and people, I, I don't think, knew that the technology was at that point, nor they knew that it was so uh, readily accessible. Um, you know, what I think is kind of exciting is I think we're in the beginning um, stages of a major transformation in optics where, um, you know, we are all used to this high speed uh, technological transformation in, in our phones. You know, every every year we expect Apple or Samsung uh, whoever to come out with a new phone that just has the next feature, more, more power, uh, better quality camera and all this stuff. So, um, we are able to bring that kind of new technology into, uh, rifle scopes. And, um, you know, we have a whole dedicated team of engineers and designers who are coming up with new features, new functions using the latest technology. So it's a really exciting time to be, um, to be a hunter and a shooter. So, how does the how does the recording work? Does it go onto a does it Wi-Fi or and download at your home into a hard drive on the on the Wraith or is it onto a card? Yeah. Um, let me see on the 4K. I don't want to misspeak on this one. Um, I have the information right here. I um, on the other one it goes to SD card um, and then you can hook that up to your computer and download it. Um, I think it's the same. Um, but I hate when somebody asks me a question. I don't know. 
We'd rather well, give you the sorry, right information. Let sorry about that, James. <laughs> yeah, okay. It, um, it has a micro memory card, just like the, the previous model. Um, so that allows you to record, um, you know, on board, and then you can take that out or you can connect it to your computer. So do you see these things going Wi-Fi, Bluetooth capability with GPS on them? Um, they are, and we do have the capability to do a lot of that. That depends on, again, the specific model. Um, the, um, some of the, the customers, um, and I guess, I think you know that our, our, um, our Second Amendment friends, um, you know, we also don't like the, all the things that come with uh, our Facebook and our, our iPhones, um, all the monitoring and, and um, uh, information that people are gathering. So we have a lot of folks that actually prefer not to have it fully connected to the internet and downloading their GPS location. So there are options for people that want those functions and there's options for people that don't um, want to have it connected to the internet at all times. So, um, you know, if that's something somebody's looking for, um, we can drive them in a, in a direction that has that. Um, or if they don't, um, we can make that happen as well. So I'm out in the hog hunt. It's two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and here comes this sounder. And I mean, I've got my eyes on one and I start picking one off. Then I pick another off and I'm like, Woo-hoo! and I'm dancing. <laughs> I get so excited though. I jump up to go grab my hog and I knock my gun around and it falls out of the back of the truck or it falls out of my blind and it falls on my wraith. What's our durability factor? Uh, this product is so rock solid, durable. Um, it would have to, it'd have to be like, I mean, we do drop tests and stuff. This thing's durable. So I would be surprised that uh, the, a huge hog, no matter if it's pressing up against the, the ground, uh, concrete or rocks could damage the product. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. This, this thing is made so solid. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think that would break it at all. What about calibration? Do you have to recalibrate it at any point in time, James? That's a good question. So you do have to zero it in, and um, it's actually fairly fairly simple to do. Um, but you do have to zero it in, and uh, every every time you switch between rifles, uh, you know the device, like any optic, you need to rezero it. Um, we also make a product for that, John. It's called a boresite, which which is really awesome because you can have a, uh, are you familiar with laser bore sites? Just a, yeah, a wee bit. Okay. So basically for the folks that haven't used one, it's basically a laser that is, is, uh, put inside a, a, a bullet or something that looks like a, a shell, a casing. Um, and the laser goes out the barrel and that allows you to, you know, take whatever device you're using, whether it's, it's another laser, a, a red dot, a rifle scope or a night scope. And you can, you can adjust the crosshairs um, to match the point of impact that red, that, laser, that laser coming out of the barrel. Um, then you take the, 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 the chain, you take the uh, bore set out of the chamber, you chamber in a, a round, and it should be theoretically zeroed. Now, every bullet has got different characteristics. Every, every mount, every rifle's got some specific things with it. Um, so if you do that, um, that's probably the best and fastest way to, to sight in your sights and switch between rifles. Um, so that'd be my, my recommendation, but, uh, yep. You do have to calibrate it in, um, when you have a new, you know, until you put on a new gun, um, but it's super easy to use. And we make that super, super easy step-by-step. So James, tell everybody who you are and why did you know about this stuff? 
Yeah, I'm, my name is James Sellers. I'm the founder of a company called Cellmark and founder of Sitemark. Um, we, uh, I, we basically created the company because we love the outdoors and we want people to experience uh, nature and hunting and shooting are great American traditions and uh, be a part of that. Um, and as uh, our involvement in the industry has gotten deeper and stronger, um, you know, our commitment to Second Amendment has never been stronger. We, we think everybody deserves to feel safe and secure and protect their family. Um, so there's a lot of things coming out in the news, you know, about that, like Texas is constitutional carry. Um, but anyway, we're, we're really supporting, you know, hardworking, individual, individualistic uh, Americans that want to go out and do the hunting shooting sports. And um, we're, we're here to make sure that they have the best uh, quality products and optics and, and uh, that they're always making their marks. So that's, that's really what we're here to do. All right. There you go. Well, James. Look forward to next month as we, and you're going to be able to do it, right? I know you're traveling, but you're going to be able to still do next month, right? Yeah. Um, next month, I may do a, um, let's check this really quickly. Um, next month, I may be doing this remotely. Let's oh, see here. We would love for you to be doing it that remotely be from Europe. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> his company in Europe. <laughs> With his partner. Yeah. Um, Trying to see what they... Oh, I'm actually just back from, from Europe at that point. So uh, that'll be my first day back. So Ooh, good. unfortunately, I'll still be in Texas. Or, fortunately, I'll be back in Texas because... Uh, but you'll be on uh, European you know, time. If you guys are like me, you, you know, sometimes you want to get up and go and see something new. And then you get just, man, Texas is just such an awesome place. I just can't wait to get back home. Right, and, right. Amen. So I will talk to you guys back from my offices in Texas. So I can't wait. All awesome. Right. Well, there Thanks you go. so much. Be so, safe. So, hey, constitutional carry. Yep. Don't forget. Big show. All right, we'll be Big ready. Show. All right, All right. Be ready we Texas. appreciate you. Stay safe. Take care. Take care. All right, thank you guys. All right. Always good stuff. Always, Always good learn stuff. something new. Always learn something cool. All the gadgets. Yeah, you know, love you just all that. Well, he's it. got great gadgets. So Judy, <laughs> uh, Judy Mark is watching us from the Tennessee Hills today. Love it. And Eric Verdugo is watching us from his dental chair as oh. he gets ready to get a new crown. And good times. And then there's that. And so we wish you the we're best. We're going to invite that. Larry to follow Nathaniel. <laughs> Come on down, Larry. We've got Larry. Do we have um, Jana Hauser on with us yet this morning? Nathaniel. As Nathaniel checks the technology, I have a feeling Jana's with us this morning already. She should be. I haven't gotten to talk to her. I mean, this is our first visit during the pandemic outside of typing oh, to each other. That's right, because we didn't get to have her on last year. Yeah. That's right. Not yet. Okay. Right. So we'll have her on here in a minute. She's excited, she said. She already sent me a message. And so we've got Larry Wallace joining us. Um, and, of course, the importance of Larry Wallace is that he's a pretty awesome dude. And he's going to share <laughs> with us. He rocks his, and rolls and whatnot. He does. And he's going to share with us his brother. <laughs> and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, we got to start this relationship, what, three years ago now, Larry? Four years ago? Uh, actually, he even met you out in Lubbock well, uh, years ago before that. That's Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Hey. Yeah, it was hilarious. Good to have you in the new studio. Yeah, so to visit, to meet Larry was, I'm at a JP education conference. Right. Getting my 20 hours of education in at the only really nice hotel in Lubbock. <laughs> not that some of them aren't okay. Careful, Do careful. you want to name that hotel? Maybe not to protect the innocent. No, no, it's, it's the, it, I mean, it's a little older now, yeah. though. Uh, but still the biggest conference center for a hotel, I think. In that um, area. In Lubbock. Yeah. Uh, and so they could, they, they could house all the JPs that needed re-education. And it was interesting because 
the National College Baseball, it was the National College Baseball Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. right? Was in for their banquet. And I'm walking around, and of course, I'm on the radio, and I'm like, hey, I said, what's going on over here? And they're like, oh, it's the da da da. I'm like, well, let me go get my press credentials. And I uh, got to come down and cover that and met Larry and talked to, I think your wife was there with you as well, right, if I'm not right. mistaken. Wife and daughter, yep. Yeah. And so it was a nice time. And, uh, oh, my goodness, there she is. Jenna, good Yay, morning. We have all our baseball people on. <laughs> is there any way, and I, you could probably say no, that we can turn Jenna around where she can see us by any chance? All right, we're going to give him a second, Jen, and then you'll be able to actually see us. Sure. So across from me, we've got Larry with us. So Larry Wallace is with us, Jana. Hi, Jana. Hi, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Is my volume okay? Yes. Let me just ask you. It is. Okay. You, you sound, sound fantastic. You sound fantastic. So in talking last night with Jana, I found out that her sister is doing a ton of cool stuff in equestrian. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So we'll be having her and her sister back on. Talking about horses. We will indeed. We but, love it. But we're talking about baseball today. And again, we love are. the fact that we are joined with uh, Larry Wallace in studio and Jenna uh, Hauser. You're joining. Now, Jenna, are you out of Kansas City? I am in Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, Kansas. Okay. So yes. I knew you were yes. around about there. I just couldn't remember exactly where you were out of out there. But um, so she's joining us today from Wichita, Kansas. And the, of course, the importance of that is. We have coming up, as we do annually, the Dick Hauser Award and the Brooks Wallace Award uh, that will be given out to some deserving young baseball player uh, in the college ranks. Correct. How exciting is that? It's good stuff. And Coach yeah. Quigley, of course, keeps me completely updated 24 7 on And thank you to happening. one of our best producers, <laughs> yeah, Coach, Coach Tommy, Tommy Quigley. Quigley. He rocks. <laughs> so we're going to start with start with you, Janet. I mean, tell us what it means to be the recipient of a Dick Hauser Award. How, how do you fill those shoes? Who was Dick Hauser? Well, well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you so very much for having me on. Uh, I, I've looked so forward to this. The award. Um, recognizes overall leadership and teamwork. There are four cornerstones of the award um, that that the winner each year personifies uh, of those teamwork, leadership, performance, and character. Uh, over the years, this is the 34th awarding this year. It would have otherwise been 35 last year. Wow. There just weren't enough stats, so it was uh, moved forward to this year. But over time, it's come uh, to embody in the winner characteristics in a, in a, a student athlete, a Division I student athlete, that literally uh, improves his entire team by his, his presence and his play and his actions as a, as a teammate and as a, a student at the university. Largely, these people have gone on, in many cases, to be team leaders in their professional baseball MLB programs that they're involved in or teams. And what coaches would say is that these are the ones that have helped others come along with their academic performance. But largely in their baseball setting, they, they raise the level of their entire team. And I think that's embodied year in and year out. And by the list of semifinalists this year, um, I would say that there are uh, 33 schools represented in 13 conferences around the country. Wow. And one of the most special moments of the year, far and away for me, 
is the call when we make that that news private to the head coach, which is the first call. And that time is coming soon. And I'm just very, very excited about it. But the, the key also is this. I think that coaches uh, largely, I think Larry would agree to this too, have embraced what these awards mean. And they, they, their excitement for what is happening. And of course, if a player is still playing towards a national championship, it's at their discretion, head coach's discretion, when the player is informed. But it, uh, it's something that they help to, to promote within their school, within their conference nationally, uh, in conjunction with things that we do with the NCAA to promote these high levels of performance. My dad's entire life trajectory was changed by a walk-on tryout at Florida State University, mm. his alma mater. And, and that changed the course of his entire life. And it was something that he always loved. And I believe that back to the head coaches and what they help impart to the player who, who is the recipient is that it's, it's an incredibly uh, wonderful honor for them because they are embarking at exactly that time as they move into their uh, adult lifetime post-college. So it's just just an exciting time. I'll stop there. Well, that is exciting. And <laughs> you know, what else is exciting, Larry, is we've got the Brooks Wallace Award, which is really here in our backyard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brooks went to Plano Senior High. Right. I have now run into more people that tell me, oh, man, if there was an athlete in school, it was Brooks. And I'm like, really? And, they're like, and I didn't even give them the cue, right? I didn't say, oh, what do you think of Brooks Wallace? And I'm like, hey, who was one of the top athletes you guys had at Plano Senior High during that time frame? And it was Brooks Wallace. Tell us about that. Tell us the embodiment of the Brooks Wallace Award and what that means, because he made such an impact locally and nationally and regionally in Texas with baseball. Right, yeah. Well, uh, like you said, he was a very good athlete. He was actually uh, uh, an all-conference or an all-greater uh, Dallas-Fort Worth uh, wide receiver in, in football uh, and played basketball as well. And a lot of people said that he actually uh, quit his best sport, uh, which was basketball, uh, to concentrate on baseball, you know, his senior year. But uh, uh, the award, uh, you know, mostly like, like Janice said, uh, it, it was started in 2004, um, and four guys sitting around a table at a cafe, and uh, I think they still have the, the little napkin that they start jotting things down on. They're like, you know, so we need great. to come up with a – there's not a college baseball Hall of Fame. We need to, we need to do something about yeah. this. So, uh, uh, so anyway, when, you know, when they were uh, – you know, coming up with this idea, they thought, you know, we need our own award. So when they started thinking about, you know, who could it be after, I mean, there was, you know, they could have named it after, you know, any number of famous, you know, ball players or, you know, uh, but they, they chose Brooks, which, um, you know, which obviously not, not as well known. And, uh, but that kind of makes it even that much more special uh, to, to have it named after him when they, when they could have named it after just really just about, you know, anybody. So we are also in, uh, 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 the, we're down to our finalists. We've got six finalists and, and the cool thing right now for me is I get to, um, uh, actually call all of the coaches like Jana was talking about. I call the coaches and, and the players as well uh, during this time just to kind of get a feel for uh, who these guys are off the field. Um, we know everything about them on the field. You know, Tom, you're a uh, producer, assistant producer. Yes. Oh, no, he would be we, an executive <laughs> producer. Don't say assistant oh, okay. when it comes assistant. to coach. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> 
but uh, you know, we we follow all these 319 shortstops, you know, the whole entire year, and 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 run the stats, and and uh, but we don't know anything about them off the field, and that's I think uh, what more so, you know, uh, embodies the award was. The late Cal Seeger said Brooks was a very good player, but he was a, he was a much better person. Uh, so that's what I like to try to know something about these kids off the field, um, and that's why we talk to the coaches and talk to the talk to the players themselves. And I think that kind of sets our award uh, apart uh, a little bit. And just being able to do that, and the coaches, boy, I, I tell you what, coaches. They just can't say enough about all these kids. You could probably just tape one coach, and the next coach will—they all say the same thing. It's it's just it's just like listening to a, a repeat of the other coach. But they just can't say enough about these kids. And, That's so awesome. And yeah, That's so, so great. Yeah. So, Janet, talk to me about your dad's legacy in college baseball, and and how that progressed to where he ended up in the major leagues, and I mean, winning a World Series for goodness sakes. Can you hear me, okay, Jana? It's a little bit muffled, JP. I, I'm trying to. That's why I'm adjusting my volume. Gotcha. Okay, so um, let me be I probably am so excited I'm over here drooling or something because <laughs> uh, we're talking baseball. He's, he's fanboying out. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your dad's legacy in college baseball and what that means to a lot of the young managers and players as he went through the college baseball ranks as any part of it, really, and then his ascension to Major League Baseball and what that meant to the professional players when he left college. But he never really left college baseball. But what I mean is became a manager at the level of, of the Kansas City Royals. Okay. Okay, sure. Well, uh, back to so, – so my dad was a very talented high school player in the state of Florida. Uh, he did not, though, at Palm Beach High School. That's his alma mater. He uh, was not recruited – for college baseball, so he decided to try a walk-on, uh, go out as a walk-on at Florida State University. Um, a little story uh, about that along as we're, as we're moving along here. Uh, he and actor Burt Reynolds were friends since very early childhood. They went to elementary school and high school together, and as some may know, Burt Reynolds was a quarterback at Florida State. While he was headed to Florida State, that was part of why my dad decided to go to the same school, they wanted to stay together. So he was a walk-on tryout. He earned a spot on the team. He coincidentally was a, a three-year teammate of Lee Corso, oh, who was oh, also one of my awesome. dad's dear, dear friends and, and such an extraordinary, wonderful, and hilarious man. Um, but that walk-on tryout opened a door for my dad that I think a lot of people understand the meaningful nature uh, scholarship because that was his only access to higher education. But ultimately over his, he played for four years. And at that time, freshmen weren't allowed to play, right? So they were more like a practice squad, but over his sophomore, junior and senior year, he was once and then a two time first team all American. The significance of that in the state of Florida at the time, which was in the mid 1950s is that there had never been an All-American from any college or university from the state of Florida. Wow. And so uh, that then, of course, got the attention. He was signed. There was no draft at that time. He was signed by the Kansas City A's, spent about a year and a half in the minor league system, and then came up to the Kansas City Athletics. I, I mentioned that because that was so significant uh, to him. And then his playing career continued 
at the pro level for eight years, uh, ultimately as a player with the New York Yankees, where he then became the third base coach for a number of years. Um, that was also during the time with, uh, with, with Reggie Jackson and all that was uh, happening with Billy Martin, who he and my father had a wonderful relationship, two very different personalities. Yep, the very different. <laughs> about the team, you know, uh, they, they worked well together. And, and I know that all the way through as a player, and then as I was old enough while he was third base coaching for a number of years and ultimately managing the Yankees, uh, felt like the most fortunate human being on the planet to have an opportunity that he did. His legacy that way is that, that people to this day say, your dad was kind and patient and wonderful and self-deprecating with everybody. He just was a friendly, friendly man that happened to be a student in baseball. Um, so the career concludes with the Yankees. And ironically, as manager, they win 100. This is uh, 19, 1980. They win 103 games, and they lose, ironically, in the playoffs to the Kansas City Royals. Uh, soon thereafter, he was, and that, that, there, that there's there's a moment in time where some people may recall that he was fired after winning 103 games. <laughs> yes. And the Royals called him not long after and asked him to come back to the city of where he had started his pro ball 20, approximately 20 years later to begin managing then Kansas City Royals. The A's, of course, had moved to California, to Oakland. Um, and that was the beginning of a ramping up time for the for the Kansas City Royals. The, that culmination for him was 19, for the team, was 1985 when they won the World Series. And I just distinctly remember always when we were together that, that he just always felt so fortunate. He loved the game, and I believe that it was all about their lives and the, and the relationships that they had. And players to this day played for my dad, whether, whether it be in Kansas City or New York that they, they, he met people where they were and, and inspired them. And I believe that this is also the spirit of the award to continue to, to, to uh, optimize who they are as people, both on the field and otherwise. And I think that's the impression that he made. I think that is the spirit of what the coaches at the college level, winners of the, the Hauser Trophy, uh, in part, as Larry said, they can't say enough about how much these people are selfless and about their team. So ultimately, uh, after winning that back to, to the Kansas City Royals, what he means to that city, uh, they've done some wonderful recognition. The team has and ownership has with my dad, and those are wonderful relationships still. Um, but there, I would say this. My dad used to always say to both my sister Jill and I growing up, you know, there are so many people in sports that are doing so many wonderful things for the world around them. And that's that's what I what that that's my frame of reference. I think it's so important to note that as well. Um, after winning the World Series, not long after that, the following year, he became ill and then soon after passed away. And it was it that year then following in 1978 that the Dick Hauser Trophy was created to honor the nation's top Division One player in the nation. And that's how we arrive at now. But the spirit of it, as, as Larry said, to the 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 honor in calling a coach, them knowing. And in many cases, some of these coaches knew my dad. They watched him as a player when they were growing up as baseball players. And it's just extraordinary the things that we get to learn along the way. And uh, so that that's where we are. I will say tomorrow morning, um, uh, 
we will get ready for the announcement of who the national finalists are. And there, again, thank goodness we all had a full season this year to be able to, to, to move about uh, and award a recipient. But boy, there have been some incredible performances around the country, and we just can't wait to, to make that announcement. And then That's ultimately, fantastic. where will the announcement be made um, for the winner of the Dick Hauser Trophy? Thank you. Yes. Okay. First of all, the, the uh, awards website is dickhausertrophy.org. Okay. The, the announcement of the winner, and there's a listing on the page, will be a week from tomorrow. Excuse me. A week from Friday. Uh, announced live. Exact time slot during that television show. So MLB Network Television will also be streamed. Um, and the coach and the winner will both be a part of that. So so people would be so kind as to check back on the website. I'll have an official time, I believe, tomorrow morning. And as soon as I have that, it'll be announced on the website. But we think it's sometime between the 10 in the morning to 1 p.m. Central Time next Friday, which is June 18th. That's an anomaly um, based on the NCAA's uh, COVID policies uh, with people that are in the building. We in each year uh, announce live at the stadium in Omaha and based on protocols at hand, we are doing that remotely, but uh, the, the, the winner will be trophies in hand and we'll proceed that way. So, and we do expect to resume that way next year back at the stadium. Well, fan yeah, I'm hoping so too. It's good stuff. And fantastic. I, Jana, I cannot thank you enough for joining us and sharing your dad with us and your memories with him. You know, if, if you had one memory as his daughter, what would be one of your favorite memories with dad? Oh, there are so many, but, but I'll tell you one of the very most special is the, an image of his face in my mind when the 1985 Royals, that, that uh, World Series went seven games and it was won in Kansas City. And where we were situated, I was able to see my dad very clearly. The look on his face when that happened with him as the manager of that team was something I, I get goosebumps thinking about it even now is a look on his face and in his eyes that said everything about how much all of the game of baseball meant to him, including very, very much his dear, dear friends from the college game that he, he was friends with for life. Oh, I wow. love that. Well, thank that's you for amazing. sharing that. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, always <laughs> tried to get a hold of um, George Brett to try to get an autograph. I could never chase him down. <laughs> <laughs> always tried to. Oh, well. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Well, Jana, I'm going to be in touch. I want to get you and your sister on, and I want to talk horses later on down thank the road. You. Oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you all so much, Larry. Uh, I wish you the best, too. I look forward to seeing you hopefully soon, and I know it's such an exciting time for you and your family. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank, Thank you, Jana. We appreciate you. God bless. God bless. So, Larry, let's take, let's take the same progression, right? Plano Senior High. Where was college baseball at for, for Brooks? He played at Texas Tech for, for four right. years. Right, right, right. And he actually uh, uh, was on the team. Uh, I, I won't say take took the team, but he was on the team that made the uh, uh, Southwest Conference, as it was called back then, right. uh, to the conference tournament for the first time in, in school history. So 
Uh, and then uh, after four years, he was he uh, was drafted after his uh, junior year, but decided to go back to school, uh, and then was drafted again uh, by the Texas Rangers, uh, and played for them for for two and a half years before he uh, decided to go back uh, and to Tech and get his degree and started coaching there. So well, and let's talk about that. Out. I want to talk about that progression because he had that pull back to college. A lot. I mean, it, it wasn't something that was it, yeah. light, you know, yeah. lightly on his mind, right? And so, right. what was that pull back to Texas Tech and to West Texas? What what made him keep wanting to go back? You know, people have always asked that question about everybody. What's the pull to Lubbock? <laughs> and and <laughs> you've been to Lubbock before, and it just seems that everybody who who lives there for whatever reason they're there, they just love you know, Lubbock and, and, you know, so, but he did uh, love the environment there uh, around the campus and just being part of baseball and, and being a part of the kids that wanted to learn the game of baseball. Uh, and, you know, he just, um, uh, he, he just wanted to teach and, and, and let what he know, what he knew become part of uh, the kids that, you know, he was involved with. Well, and he made a huge impact out in Lubbock out of Texas Tech. I've seen pictures um, when I was in Lubbock for the for the, the banquet. Um, I saw some pictures of Brooks and him out on the field. And it just seemed like that's where home was for him. Right. Not to say that Plano wasn't home, but right. it just looked like that's where he was at home. And so right. that's pretty darn amazing. So yeah. Coach Quigley, of course, has got a bunch of information he wants to ask. <laughs> okay. You know this, Larry, right? Yeah. You know you're in trouble, right? You were, you were expecting this. <laughs> he probably knows more about Brooks than I do. <laughs> he got a different side of Brooks being his friend and, and uh, knowing him uh, off the field and outside the home and, and what I knew as a, as a little brother. But, uh, yes, he's, he's got a lot of So he says Texas high school all-star game after high school for Brooks at the Astrodome. Mm-hmm. What's Coach talking about? Uh, he was just one of two um, uh, shortstops that was on the all-star team, oh, wow. you know, what, which That's is what awesome. they still uh, give out this, you know, do th- at this time as well. And that was back at, yeah, back at the Astrodome. So, so I, this, I think Tom so, actually drove down there for that. So that uh, means the entire well. state of Texas. Correct. All the baseball players That's in the awesome. state of Texas, Correct. and Brooks was one of two. Correct. Wow, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Did scholarship allow him to continue into baseball? Because Jana talked about that, that her dad would not have been able to go to FSU without scholarship. Right, right. So was Brooks a part of that as well? Right. He, he Brooks was recruited uh, and chose Texas Tech, and he was recruited by quite a few places. He even got some, uh, as I said, uh, some uh, some uh, offers for football as well. So, but he didn't he didn't want to, he didn't want to do football. So, uh, but yes, he was on scholarship out there, uh, and. Um, Fulfilled all four of his years out there, so which is kind of unheard of these days. So, when, uh, right. yeah, That's that, that was back in the good old days. Everybody was loyal. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah. what I love about college baseball and Division One college baseball is that it it always levels out the playing field. You're not going to be dominated by one school necessarily. Now, you've got your Giants, right? Mm-hmm. But then you've got Fresno State University mm-hmm. that sneaks in there. You've got Dallas Baptist University. Mm-hmm. That's going to sneak in there and win a championship. Yeah, they, yeah. Maybe this year. Maybe yeah. this year. You know, you've got a Wichita State that's going to get in there and win a championship. You've right. got Eastern Illinois. I'm like, I didn't know there was an Eastern Illinois University baseball team. Right. But you've got some players that are, or a player, anyways, that has made a significant impact on college baseball 
and is up for a couple of awards, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, from Eastern Illinois. Or right. am I misstating yeah. that? No, no. It's Trey Swinney from Eastern Illinois. He's one of our finalists. And just like you said, it's not all uh, – you know, the big five conferences that always get to Omaha, kind of like football. It's always those, you know, those big schools that eventually everybody else is weeded out. But, you know, we've got uh, a kid from Tennessee, obviously, uh, Eastern Illinois, okay. uh, Colin Burns from Tulane. Oh, so, small wow. school. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Brooks, Brooks Lee, and that's kind of a funny story. There you go. That. Brooks <laughs> Lee from Cal Poly uh, and R.J. Yeager from Mercer. And then, of course, there's uh, Cal Conley from Texas Tech. But uh, ironically, the, the kid, uh, Brooks Lee from Cal Poly, um, I talked to him and his dad the other day because his dad is his coach, and his dad's name is Larry. That is oh, so you're kidding great. Me. Brooks is Larry. Exactly. I love it. So, oh. wow. so I gave him props for actually coaching his own kid, which, you know, which is difficult to do uh, sure. anyway, and for his – as, as we know, sometimes kids don't want to listen to their dad. So what a great relationship they have to be able to do that on the on the collegiate level. Well, and to bear those names. I think that should give so you good. like five <laughs> bonus points. And just for yeah. those, <laughs> all the irony. <laughs> yeah. No, everything's yeah. fair. Absolutely. I think so. One of the things that Coach Quickly said, I thought, I think this is so, and it, it just, every time we see you in studio, it just it just makes me think of this. You know, you, you do such a great job of continuing Brooks' legacy. You know, that's, um, I think that's the highest compliment somebody could pay you in a situation like this. And um, Coach always says that, and it's so true. You love, you absolutely love what you do in honor of your brother. Well, that, that, it's an easy thing to do. So, um, you know, and for them to, you know, name the award after him, that's why I said it, it, it means so much to my family and I because he didn't have that legacy like Dick Hauser, and he didn't have that career and, and you know, being around baseball for that long of a time. And for, you know, for him to, you know, pass away in 1985 and for them to bring the award uh, uh, or, you know, enact the award and come up with it in 2004, I mean, that's, you know, that's 20 years later. So for them to, you know, remember him from that long ago and think, you know, this is the guy we want to name the award yeah. after is just is really something special. That is. And, that. and congratulations on that. Love that. Um, yeah. And again, I'm going to tell you, every time, and I've talked now to, because we're going to do a show. Um, I don't know if Coach is calling it the old timers, Plano, or, or what he's calling uh-huh. it, but we're going to do a show where we bring back Coach Quigley's class, more mm. or less, right? And we're going to have like a, a fireside chat about the old days of Plano and there what it go. looked like around here, right? So probably old-timers right. isn't what they're wanting to be referred to as. Well, no, that's what they call in baseball, the old-timers <laughs> game. It's a, it's a right? joke. Remember, Joe Coach DiMaggio like, played old-timers game. Wait a second. <laughs> uh, Coach Quigley can correct me. I'm, sh- I'm sure he would. But my point is, is that in talking with some of the folks yeah. that are from that era, it all the, the, the needle always comes back and points. Oh yeah, Brooks Wallace. Da 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 da. Yeah. You know, fill in the blanks there. Well, his his know. name will definitely in that conversation that we have it, when we start talking sports. I guarantee you, that's one of the first names that comes up. Oh yeah, I mean, well, just, Coach is, Quickly said he's one of the best athletes that playing yeah. senior high had ever seen. Yeah. Well, and like you said, I mean, when he gave up basketball, people were like. Wait, what? Are what? You doing? what? No, no, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, um, so that's huge. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I cannot thank you. And Coach Quigley says we are old timers. Oh, <laughs> thank you, I Coach. I stand Quigley. corrected, Coach. I love you. <laughs> thank you, Coach Quigley. So, tell us a little bit about 
some of the um, some of the semi or the finalists that you have, and and I don't know if you can talk about this. If you can't, just say I can't talk about this. Is there what is one distinct trait of each of them that has kind of struck you? Oh, good question. Um, well, what we really kind of look for, and, and what you know, they've uh, if you read the bio about the uh, award is uh, uh, honesty. Uh, Brooks is very humble. Yes. Um, so that, that's what we kind of, uh, and that's what I try to, to get. I always try to, when I uh, interview these kids, and even the coaches, although the coaches always say the exact same thing about, about all their kids sure. every year. But, I, I mean, they're, they're speaking the truth, and, and they've known these kids for a number of years. But I always try to, when I, you know, uh, interview these kids, uh, just look for that humble tone, uh, you know, uh, and, and whether that means, you know, talking about other people and not themselves. Uh, but I always look for some kind of – usually every year there's one little nugget, and, and I, I can't tell you what that little nugget is. And, and it, But you know it you know I, it when I mean, you not, it? not disclosure. I'm just saying I just know it when I hear it, whether somebody talks about their faith or uh, somebody talks about, you know, somebody else. It, it, it can – a lot of different things that it can be, but I always just find that nugget. And I've interviewed four of the kids, and I think I found that nugget already. Uh, but but there, there's just – they're so close at this time of year with stats and all that. You, you can't hardly even pull them apart. That's why we interview them and, and see. Because we've had some interviews that, that didn't go well and found out some things. Or, you know, uh, I always kind of look for um, a lot of these kids nowadays will call me Larry. I always look for that one. I always oh, look for that guy that, that says Mr. Mr. Wallace. Wallace. Yep. And, yeah. and that always kind of sticks with you. Just a little respect. Uh, yep. Not just for me, but just – for their, your their elders, upbringing. yeah, exactly. Because, you know, that's we were always taught right. it's ma'am and sir. Oh, and, if you, don't, and yeah. you don't use people's first names. Yeah. But you know, not to say that that's wrong. That's the culture. The this you know these days. But, but to have a kid who's uh, still yeah, so it's usually just that, kind of one little nugget that, yeah. that well, it, gets it, dropped in my lap. I'm like, now that's way cool. Yeah, and I was gonna say because at this point in the game, it, there has to be this just this continuity of statistics where they all look the same, right? I mean, because they're all going to be amazing right. players at their position, right. right? And so, yeah, I mean, it would have to be something. I don't want people to think, oh, well, I just randomly pick, oh, their faith. I'm, I'm going to pick that. No. Right. Baseball-wise. Uh, these kids are all they're the same. All yeah. in the t- they wouldn't yeah. make it to the finalists if they I weren't mean, all the top of their game. you're talking the best of the best right. as far as statistics and things of that So nature. then when you've got the baseball out of the way, then it is the character. Exactly. Who are you? Yeah. And that's who gets exactly. the Western winner, right? And yeah. I'd say that all don't have good character. Oh, no, no, no. Exactly. But it's that, Just something it's what special makes that stands it, out. Well, what makes it that Brooks Wallace yeah. recipient? Yeah. So that's right. way cool. Right. And, and they're not always the you know the best shortstop. I mean, we've had you know shortstops go in the first round. We've had, you know, Trey Turner, uh, you know, Alex Bregman. Tom will attest to that. Houston Astro. You know, Dansby Swanson. But then we've had some guys that have gone the seventh round, the twelfth round. So they're not yeah. always necessarily like the – you know, player of the year award, you know, that's the best player out there. They're not always necessarily the best shortstop out there. Uh, right. You know, it's just it's just something that um, that kind of sets our award apart from, from all the others. Well, Larry, I cannot thank you enough. Yeah, for joining thank you. It's us, always so great to have you Being a part here. of J.P. Kathy and the crew. Um, we missed out last year. Yes, yeah, we, we did. Missed yeah, we missed you. Yeah, we We're didn't, glad even, to have you didn't back. even get to look up any stats. No, no. <laughs> I mean, so um, cannot thank you enough for joining us. Yeah. Absolutely. And being it's a part a of this, um, I'm hoping that Coach Quigley uh, will invite you to the old timers 
round table <laughs> where maybe you could even input a little bit about Brooks and there you go. I what it was that. like, maybe what you remember from him I'll, coming home. I'll be the youngest one of that group. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Let heard that, right, show. Coach? That was for you, Coach. <laughs> and, and can I just say real quick, the, uh, the award will be announced next Wednesday. Oh, uh, yes. excellent. Uh, and where, now, where will that announcement take MLB. place? MLB.com will announce it, okay. uh, and it'll be on there. And then we we are going to have a virtual uh, show uh, this year because uh, oh. we induct a Hall of Fame class every year. Right. Uh, and then also That's we awesome. give out the Pitcher of the Year Award, the Skip Burtman Award, uh, the uh, uh, the Pitcher of the Year Award. So all of those awards and those Hall of Famers will be inducted on a virtual show uh, hosted awesome. by uh, MLB.com and – I'm not sure exactly when that is, but I can let you know that. Please, Please let us do. know and then yeah, shoot me over we'll the link. The Absolutely. And then we'll put it out there. Thank on the, on you. The we appreciate system. you. It's great sure. to have you in studio. Good as seeing always, you again. As always. Right. I appreciate That's it. awesome. Good Fans stuff. Thanks for having me. Larry, thanks. Absolutely. Good stuff. And Coach says you're not old enough. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could just bring you in for a segment. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's Larry Wallace so with much. the Brooks Wallace Award. Thank you. We appreciate you. Now we've got Dr. Be Good, our own Ask Dr. Be Good. Educational expert, all things education. Hub advocate. And educational expert. And I love, she uses the word pedagogy. I love that. So there you go. <laughs> pedagogy. Oh, oh, Kathy. What did I say? You said pedagogy. Oh, goodness gracious. You know what I mean. You said pedagogy. There are no, no pigs no, in that goji. No, that's a sounder. So, Dr. Good, <laughs> you are a sure. fantastic sport for coming on later today. Thank you. Well... You know, I think that you guys um, can accommodate guests. I think it's the right thing to do. So thank we you. We had, a, we had a special edition today. We and it, had, baseball, sports, what well, you love. I, I warned her. I warned her. But no, but we did have um, Jana Hauser on, uh, the daughter of Dick Hauser, who had such a storied career and was such a great man, always seen as a very empathetic man. And then Brooks Wallace, right here from Plano Senior High School, right here in Plano, Texas, and the great things he did in baseball yeah. as well. So we appreciate you, Dr. Be Good. Talking about appreciate you, Dr. Be Good, we're at the end of the school year, <sighs> a pandemic year. Do you feel a sigh of relief across the Metroplex from other educators or superintendents across the state? Well, yes. Uh, I Certainly, and not all school districts are up, by the way. Uh, today's our last day for kids, and Dallas ISD will be until the 19th of June. They got a really late start, so uh, not everybody's out yet. I was at the eighth grade crossover last night at Mesquite Middle School, and you know it was just it was just good to have that closure. We had kids; we literally had teachers meeting kids for the first time because they had been online all year. Right. It, it was a very special occasion. Uh, we'll have our senior graduation this Saturday, and that's going to be special also for. Uh, again, COVID has um, has really tested the, the grit of our parents and our kids and our teachers. Very, very much so for all of us. Um, we do have, and I, I'll, I can't announce the name yet, I don't think, but we do have um, one of your students who is going to be a summer intern with us. So, um, yeah, so we're real excited about that. Oh. Um, Brandy, of course. Oh, that's wonderful. news for me, too. Oh, so hey. sorry. I haven't told you that. Oh, by the way. Yeah, so um, Online surprises. Yeah, they're coming in and learning how to run the board and, you know, maybe have a little FaceTime on, on camera. So, um, yeah, oh. just uh, just lo love the relationship. So, Dr. Be Good, we've had some seniors graduate we got some seniors getting ready to graduate if you could because i know you've got to go if you can leave them 
with a word of advice on how to move through the pandemic into their next stage of life, what would that be? No pressure. There's a a book written, but it boils down to a phrase, uh, don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. Yes. And, you know, my pandemic journey, actually my legacy journey has taught me that it doesn't matter how much sleep you lose over an upcoming situation, you don't impact the outcome with your your worry. And and that's what I try to tell adults and kids both, right? Making sure that you stay focused and and that you don't let worry eat you up over a situation that you don't have control over is the biggest gift that I can give anyone. And so, you know, sometimes you have to live through tough situations to know how true that statement is. And my, my favorite statement that I've used more than any during the pandemic is crisis doesn't create character. It reveals it. And we have, we have seen staff uh, come, you know, just blossom and, and just be better versions of themselves. And then we've seen the opposite. And we can, you know, we, we bring those examples to kids as well that I'm sure they have seen adults and maybe some of their friends acting in ways that would not um, make us proud. And so, you know, try to use situations to grow and learn from instead of to uh, depress us and, and make us think all is bad with the world. So there you go. Great advice. Dr. Yeah, Thank you so much. Of course, stuff. we've got a big show coming up on Sunday. Yeah, we have, you know, we have a new format now. We're going to the 30 minutes for a couple of reasons. One is so that we can learn better how to chunk our segments, get them on YouTube and, and so forth. And if you want the whole thing on Spotify, but also because we're uh, going to bring on a, a second show, a show about saving the world through health and wellness. Love and it. that is uh, going to be starting later in July. So stand by, people, because uh, we're going to have uh, just a lot of information about how to stay not only physically healthy, but mentally healthy in this yes. very insane world that we live yes. in. So stand by for that. Much, much needed show. And I think, um, I mean, that really hits a lot of people of all ages, all socioeconomic backgrounds. And this is just a way to better improve your health all the way around. And I can't wait. Can't wait. All right, Dr. Good. I'm kicking you off. Get out of here. We love you. I think you've got like a senator to talk to. I'm going to go sit down right now with John Corn, Senator Corn. There you go. I love it. I love it. Have a great one. Dr. Be Good. All right. So, what a great show, Kathy. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just uh, just to sit here and hang out and be part of this and all the, you know, all the legacy. And, um, you know, and, and here's, the, here's the thing with the Dick Hauser um, Trophy and with the Brooks Wallace Award that strikes me year after year. And, and, you know, just so honored to even be able to sit here and listen to these folks. Um, it's not just, it's not just, of course, no duh, they were phenomenal baseball players it is what it is I mean you, you've got statistics that just can't be touched just amazing the amazing talent but it's the character of each of the men right that I always take away you know and I was watching you know Larry kind of got a little choked up you could tell as he was talking about his brother and the same with the same with um, um Dick's daughter you know with Janet she was just 
they're, they're so passionate about this because these are such great men to honor year right. after year. And, you know, JP, with, with so much of the junk going on out there in this world, to know that you still have great legacies like Brooks, like Dick, that people can live up to, and you've got a plethora of young men to choose from. I Yes. I mean, a plethora is hope. a... That's a small word even yeah. for what they have. I mean, the talent yeah. in college baseball. Oh, un- uh, unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then, because um, I, and I have seen Jana and her sister post for pictures and stuff and talk about yeah. horses. I didn't know how deep her sister is in this. So they're big in the equestrian well, world. Well, she's invented some safety Jana's protocol. sister yes. just invented this? Okay. Um, they have a company out there. Um, where they've put out some product that they've invented that Very helps cool. with safety and advancement of the sport. Um, Olympians are coming to them. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, can't wait to hear all about that. And so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that show down the road um, where we bring them on and talk about what our company is doing, what yep. some of the inventions are, and some of the advances in the equestrian world. Um, it was funny. We were talking last night, and I told Jenna, yeah, I jumped off into the deep end and bought a 34-acre horse ranch. And uh, she knows exactly where all that's at. She goes, oh, yeah, it's horse oh, country out there. And yeah. Pilot Point and Tioga and Aubrey and uh, awesome. Krugerville and Collinsville and all that. So um, nice, nice conversation. Yeah. Very nice family. And, well, and both, I love just that. both just amazing. You know, um, you know, Jana is so humble. Um, you know, Larry's so humble. And you can just you can just see it's it's a family thing. These are just really good salt of the earth people. And, and what a blessing for us to be able to have them on the show year after year after year. Um, and especially to have them back on the show, because, of course, last year we missed it. There weren't enough stats in either world um, to to be able to have the awards. And so just so great to get back to that. It just feels good. Well, and what I love about, on the other <coughs> side, about what Larry brings to the table, it's this very humbling yeah. hometown hero that we have. Yeah. Um, that life was shortened oh, way too soon. Too soon. Too soon yeah. um, did amazing things locally uh, in yeah. the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then out of Texas Tech, played for the love Texas it, Rangers yep. for two and a half uh, yeah. years. I mean, and then decided, I want to go back to college baseball. Which I love. I do, Which too. just kind of says everything about his character and who he who he was as a person. Absolutely. Um, just good stuff. So um, on Great. Friday, Kathy, what a, fu- don't what a fun forget, 50th show. Remember, I got a big story. I'm going to shocker you now, but I already oh, no. told you, but you've forgotten. Don't forget, Friday, I'm out. I'm oh, back what, in what Houston. You? I'm in Houston. Oh, Remember, that's I'm back right. In Houston back, again. back in the saddle again. Back in the saddle Good again. Times. So, <laughs> so Grogu and you. And the unicorn. And I don't I'm I sorry. know. You don't I'm recognize sorry. the unicorn. But happy 50th. This is our 50th show it in is. our new studio. Super excited. Um, Want to give a shout out to Charles Gura, who, you know, helped us. Uh, who we wouldn't have made it to 50 if he wouldn't have been there from the beginning, building a system for us and getting us hooked up with the right things. And we continue to grow and add new shows. And it's just... Um, what fun. Well, and there's a lot of people to say thank you to, right? Oh, the, my goodness, First yeah. of all, VentureX, Leon oh, Shastain and his family love here. Love y'all. Um, love y'all, yeah. Getting us here. Charles Gura making that connection. Yep. Yep. Chance, can't leave Chance out. Yep, Chance was a great um, person getting us started. Yeah. You know, we've had Nathaniel yeah, and, yeah, and sorry, Chambriel. Che Guevara over here. No, che oh, Guevara and Chambriel yeah, has been that. a huge help. And, um, <laughs> you know, Corley, we've just had so many folks. And, and then the crew, because the crew has really helped us to grow this. From the crew, we've developed some new shows and are developing some new shows. And um, 
just having a blast. Hadn't even been a year yet. Kind of well, crazy. And the people that have taken a chance with us, because it's been a bumpy road. <laughs> um, you know, Jeremy Rosenthal and his oh, law firm. Love them, um, yeah. You know, we've Dr. Got good. Dr. Be yeah. Good. Um, your brother with yep. this pink this cloud. This pink cloud, yeah. Um, Voyager's Path, which came back online yesterday. And, and Lisa Shastine. Lisa and, Shastine. And, 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 you know, and what you guys have got. Christian Women's Ministry, yeah. That's right. And then yeah. also, um, we can't forget Crystal. Oh, yeah. And all yeah, the fun yeah, yeah. we had oh, with my that. Gosh. And, and so. they'll eventually be back on. It's You know, fundraising has just been kind of tough during this time. Um, so, um, yeah, good, just good stuff. Just good real good, stuff. good stuff. Shambriel, wherever she's at. Yep, mentioned her. Yeah, yeah. breathe the intern. Um, so, there we go. So Good stuff. 50 Appreciate shows it. in the book and uh, time to go to bed now. And we're taking a nap. Oh, yeah. No, we've so got the another, music we've got another show after this. <laughs> the music, do we? Uh, yeah, uh, private sector, which, as a matter of fact, we're doing private sector companies now. Right. Um, actually, not broadcasting them through the network. They take the material, they put it out on their own social media, on their websites. Usually, um, heck, you were part of a big um, client presentation for a huge ISD last week. Um, so, if you're a private company and you want to talk to us about, how you can use the studio and our our technology and we produce here. You and yeah, direct we, you and help we you. We produce out. you and coach you, and it's good stuff. And we're having, we're having a good time with that. So we are. But, All right. Yeah. Everybody have a blessed day. Love, love y'all. Enjoy have Kathy on Friday. I'll be in Houston. I'll, and I'll up, and I'll update you on my mom. Who God bless her. Start when she got out of the wheelchair yesterday after her surgery, which it went well. And we're praying today that when they take that patch off, that she can see again. Um, God bless her. She started to get in the wrong car yesterday. Oh, the gentleman no. in the car goes, I don't think you belong to me. <laughs> so, so, like, yeah, we're getting the left eye done next. So <laughs> Your poor it's mom. all good. Your poor mom. <laughs> I told her I was, I, I said, I've got to tell that story on the air. She's like, but explain to them that it was a different shade of car. And so it kind of looked like the same. Oh, okay, mom. <laughs> and there you go. And so we want you to keep praying, by golly. Yeah, and thank y'all for the prayers. God coming. bless you. And thank you, thank you, thank you for the prayers. That so Coach says one. we're going to go live on Friday from Jamaica Beach. Oh. Because I could drive down to his place if I didn't have to work. How cool would that be? You could do truancy out at the ocean. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be funny? Zoom in. Uh, JP, what's that in the background? That would be the ocean. Yes. So good times. Oh. No, not a fake background. The real ocean. The real ocean. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Love y'all. Coach Quigley, thanks for producing you. today's show. Yes. Uh, yes with yes, Jana yes. and with Larry Wallace. All right, everybody have a blessed day. We'll see you on the flip side.